This is a GRDC podcast. When it comes to mitigating frost risk, it pays to think ahead and have a comprehensive frost management strategy in place before seeding a crop. Hello, I'm Hilary Sims. In today's podcast, Dr Ben Bidoff from WA's Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development, DPIRD, shares his considerations and pre-seeding checklist for growers in frost-prone areas. Speaking with Melissa Williams, Ben emphasises that effective management begins with understanding the frost risk of individual paddocks. A lot of growers determine frost risk just based on their experience. So people have been farming certain areas and know basically on their, from their several years of experience of what gets frosted and what doesn't, that different areas of the landscape are more frost prone. A lot of that comes back to their understanding of the elevation and the cold air drainage across their farms, as well as differences in soil types. And guys are also now using that combined with long-term yield maps and elevation maps available from their mapping software to look at zoning their farm. So frost zoning, or when we talk about frost zoning, which is really about matching that frost risk, and it's really about consciously managing frost-prone areas differently. What are the tactics I can use pre-seeding when I'm planning to reduce my frost risk? So a lot of it comes back to that frost zoning. So once we've consciously made that decision to manage those frost prone areas differently, whether it's got a low frost risk, a medium frost risk or a high frost risk. Um, when we go through our paddock planning, we, you know, we can go through things and consider, consider what are the enterprise options for that paddock. Um, there are obviously less sensitive options to frost, so less risky options for frost and guys already know that, you know, grazing sheep, sheep are pretty frost tolerant, I haven't seen one die of frost yet. Um, but, you know, other enterprises such as hay, um, are much less susceptible to frost damage um, than cropping. And then even within the crop types, there is variation in their cereals, you know, at how, how easily they are damaged by frost. So generally, you know, there are crops which are less suitable, or less susceptible to frost. So the hay and fodder crops, definitely. Um, oats, if oats, you know, if it's a good growing oat area, then obviously oats generally don't suffer as much frost damage as the other cereals. Um, and then barley and wheat are obviously further down the scale if we're talking about the cereals. In a nutshell, when you're deciding when to sow, what, what's the key advice? So as most growers know, um, you know, there's a lot of yield penalty with delayed sowing past the optimal. So, you know, most of our optimal planting date is, is in, in Western and most Southern regions is, is before around the, the 20th, the 15th to 20th of May. Um, most growers are aiming to get all their cereal programs established before that window because they know as they go into late May and early June, um, there's a big yield penalty with delayed sowing um, at that part of the window. Um, but I guess, you know, there is upside by sowing early, um, but there's also downside as well. So in our frost prone landscapes, um, a lot of our mid season varieties drop off in yield, particularly when you push them into two, into early May and late April, um, because essentially it's too early for them, for them to be able to develop enough biomass um, and avoid the frost risk. So you can, they can develop and yield well in some of those environments, but you do take on a lot more frost risk. Um, and you know, one of the most routinely common questions I get um, after we've had a big frost event is Ben, I sowed my early season, mid season variety on the 15th of April, do you think it's frosted? Um, and this is normally the phone calls I start to get in the first week of September. Um, quickly, the obvious answer is, well, you're gonna have to go have a look, but it's, I'm not worried, you know, you don't just be worried about this frost, we've probably got another three weeks of frost until we get to mid-September um, that are probably also going to have impact on those crops. So pushing mid-seasons early into late April 
um, with early sowing into late April is not ideal because essentially in frost prone areas you're just taking on a lot more frost risk uh, for not a lot more reward. So if growers are wanting to do that then they really need to look at the longer season varieties that are available. So the photoperiod type responsive varieties which do quite well um, in that early May window. Um, you know, that's their optimal sowing time, so they need to look at picking those up and incorporating those in their program. And if they don't have those, then it's more around using other crop types, which are suited to that sowing window, such as barley, uh, rather than sowing wheat that early. So what about nitrogen management and planning your crop nutrition for the coming season? So there's no real risk financially from keeping good strong K rates out in frost prone areas because you still get the return on the K in the seasons when it does get frosted, as well as a better return when it's not frosted. Uh, for nitrogen, um, the story is a little bit different. Basically, with nitrogen, you really have to manage that to manage your financial risk, uh, particularly if you're using a lot of um, bagged or nitrogen you're paying for. Um, and there really is no yield response to nitrogen on severely frosted crops. So, you know, nitrogen, you don't get your classical yield response when your crops are frosted. So essentially, you've got high input costs, but less crop coming off. Um, and so it's a greater financial risk. So when growers are planning their nutrition budgets for you know, areas which are high frost prone that they are cropping, they need to be conscious that you know, it's just adding to their financial risk. And so they need to manage their nitrogen to the risk level that they're comfortable with. The other main thing after that is really to try and think about you know, just that pre-seeding and post-seeding window is trying to set up the paddock for salvage options. So you know, if hay is a salvage option that you're gonna be using, um, you know, are you planning into a canola stubble um, and where you know you may end up with canola sticks in the hay if you have to cut it, um, and you know a lot of the export markets, particularly those out of the western and southern, some of the southern regions, don't like canola in the hay. So obviously you know they have to have an activity to remove that stubble. The other one, which is more about managing the other options, is whether you you know if grazing is going to be an option if you do get really bad frosted areas, whether that whether you can easily get livestock to that really frost prone area, like are your alarmways and fences up to scratch to actually be able to get your livestock into those areas to graze them to recover some of those losses. Um, and the other preceding tactic to try and think about is also around looking at managing stubble loads. So what we have found is that higher stubble loads can increase frost severity and duration, particularly when they get up really high. Um, but what we've also found is a lot of our current management practices of cutting low and for harvest weed seed collection are pretty much managing our loads enough or reducing our loads down to loads level enough where they're not really increasing our risk. So the rule of thumb is probably is we need to get our stubble loads back to where our grain yield potential is. And if we can do that, we're not really increasing our risk. So could you just run us through the preceding checklist to managing frost risk? Yeah, so the, the three or four main things are, you know, are just to try and consciously frost zone your farm and think about when you do your paddock planning, think about the frost risk of that particular paddock um, and then go through you know your enterprise options for that what crop type you're going to grow what maturity length you're going to grow on those soil types so you know the more frost prone areas generally do also finish softer so that that's where the longer season varieties um, of all crop types generally have can give their best returns um, you know review your nutrient management making sure you're not you know over expending on your nitrogen budget um, in an area where you may not get the return um, but then also making sure you're keeping your you know, particularly in western soils, on the K mud or marginal K frost prone soils, keeping your K bus K rates robust, um, and then also you know go through and okay think about well if this paddock does get frosted, you know these are the salvage options which I've got in place. Um, what else do I need to do to make sure that those are still viable come springtime if I have to use them? That was Dr. Ben Bidoff from Deepherd. 
speaking with Melissa Williams. This research is a co-investment by the GRDC and DPIRD, aimed at advancing profitable farming systems through improved frost risk management. For more information, visit the GRDC website, grdc.com.au. I'm Hilary Sims, and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast. Podcast.